everywhere we go, over the mountains, through the shadows, there's nowhere you won't chase us, God. And on this day, we thank you. We thank you for our mothers, for our wives, for those who also pursue us and chase us when we don't deserve it, God. We pray your blessings upon them as we know they are. In this time that we open your word and we discover who you are, God, that all of us would learn to be more like you. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Oh, it's okay. We'll, we'll get it worked out. My name is Stephanie. I am the uh, outreach team leader here at Pathway Church. And a couple weeks ago, I was sitting in an airport and Jerry called me and he said, no, first he texted me. He said, can you call me? I have a question. Hopefully it's quick. And normally conversations between Jerry and I are not quick. Uh, so I took a chance and I, I called him anyways. And he said, can you speak on Mother's Day? And I said, yes. And he said, good, that was quick. So yeah, he said, you know, I don't know too much about being a mother. So if you want to jump in, then, then that would be really, really great. So I'm very honored, very, very honored to be uh, just in my own church uh, sharing the word with you this morning. So I have a question before we get started. Particularly to the, the women and the mothers here today, but to everybody. Off the top of your head, how many people do you know that you would say are thriving? Okay, now I don't mean people who have a full schedule and a lot of responsibilities and a lot of demands. I mean like people that you would look and go, man, they're just filled with the fullness of God. They are just increasing with love for people around them. They are bearing so much fruit in their lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. People that have joy. Okay, just, just give me like, just roughly. It doesn't have to be like an exact number, but... Like, how many, I don't see any fingers. Two? I see a two. I see a one. I see a one. Good. Okay, so that's a grand total of about five. Actually, raise your hand. Like, if you're like, I know, five, five, that's 15. Okay, good. That's okay, because if, if you all put up all your hands, I'd say I don't really need to share this message this morning. So you've all um, supported what I think uh, is something that we need to talk about, especially here in the church, is why is it, okay, if we are the people of God and we believe his word and it says, I've come that you may have life, that you may have it overflowing, or I've come that, that you may have this joy, why are we in survival mode? Most of the women that I know, I don't know if the women you know are like this, are really tired, they're really exhausted, they're doing so many things, and for some crazy reason, they also feel like they're not doing enough, right? So we're exhausted from trying so hard and doing so much, yet there's something in us that says, like, it's still not enough, right? There's still more. A couple of years ago, I was in a season, and I want to note that it wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad season. There was nothing going really wrong in that season. Our family was growing. Ministry was, was happening around me. Everything was really going fine. It was actually even a good season in our marriage. And I remember just sitting in my house one day thinking, I think there's more. Like, I think there is more than going through the motions. 
for me, that meant there was more than trying harder. There's more than trying to be better. There's more than trying not to fail as we go through this life. And there was just something in my gut that just said, there is, there's more to this life than what you are currently experiencing. And also in that same moment, I had this understanding and I just knew that I was not going to find it by going wider. Now, what I mean by wider is exactly what it sounds like, trying to add more, trying to reach more people, trying to plan more events, trying to fill my calendar more. I knew it was not going to come from going wider. It was going to come from allowing God to take me deeper and deeper into him. Now, I think in motherhood and in life, I think there's two ways that we kind of get into survival mode. So maybe one of these you'll identify with. Okay, one is we think that we have to get to something. Okay, when we're young, it's like, I got to get married. Once we get married, it's like, oh, it must be having kids. And then we have kids, and we're like, it must be when the kids leave. And then the kids leave, and then we're like, it must be when the kids come back. And then the kids come back, and we're like, no, that's not it either. It must be when they have grand, right? And we go through thinking it's, it's about getting to something. Okay, it's about getting the promotion, or it's about getting out of debt, or it's about getting... Um, more rest it's about getting a vacation it's about all these things that we're trying to get to and what happens when we're trying to get to something is we look so far ahead that we miss everything that is around us at that time i think the other way that we get into survival mode is by this idea that we just have to get through it okay so as one we might think oh just it's it's more it's over there it's something else the other way is getting through and what i mean by that is i just have to I just have to get through it. I just have to survive. I just have to wait till my kids are potty trained. Then it will be okay. Or I just have to get through this really hard season. I just have to get through this week. I just have to get through getting used to this new job. I just have to get through this season where I'm, I'm alone a lot. I just have to get through. People say this a lot of time when your kids are young. Right? You just got to like, just get through it. And I'm like, is it, is it, is it that? Is there more than that? Or is that really it? Okay, and what I want to pitch out to you this morning, okay, is that there is more to this life. There is more to motherhood. There is more to following Jesus. There is more to being the church than just getting to things and getting through things. There is this opportunity today to walk out of those same doors that you came in through, to walk back into the same circumstances you came from, to walk back into the same relationship challenges, to walk back out into the same circumstances for them to be exactly the same but for you to be different for you to be different because of something that god is going to do within you not around you and sometimes we think it's all about what if i could just change what's happening around me right if this hard situation was not happening right then I, then it would all be okay and god is saying no there's something i want to do within you that will lead you to live a life of thriving that is not conditional on what is around you now for some of you that's good news because your circumstances are not changing anytime soon right you know you're walking out that door and you're going back and life is going to be the same but god can change us he can change the trajectory of us today so let's pray this morning and ask him to do that father i thank you for this day I thank you for the sun. It was our first weekend without snow for a few weeks. We're so grateful. Thank you for, uh, for your son. Thank you for what you're doing here in this church and in our lives. And God, my prayer today is that you would open the eyes of our hearts 
so that we can see you in the midst of our circumstances. God, I believe with all my heart that there is thriving for all of us, for the mothers, for the dads, the grandparents, for those who long to be mothers. God, there is thriving in the middle of the circumstances because it's about what you're doing within us, not what you're doing around us. Father, this morning, we want to remember those in our body who are suffering. We know that when they hurt, we hurt with them. So we lift up Christine to you this morning. We lift up Connie. God, who are in a very, very, very hard season right now, I pray that your spirit would renew their strength today. I pray that you would refresh them, that you would bring um, just a tangible, tangible um, amount of your presence and power God, in their lives today and in Jasmine's life. God, we thank you. And we look forward to what you will do. Holy Spirit, would you multitask in this room? You know what these people need to hear. It's not me. It's you that they need to hear. So would you take this truth and take these words and just minister it where it needs to be ministered? In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I didn't run this by Jesse, but I'm going to share a story about Jesse. Is that okay, Jesse? She's like, I don't have a choice at this point. I shared it last week, and so I think it's okay. So... Uh, so Jessie started out 2019, and she said, this is going to be the best year yet. And she said, I don't want anything hard to happen, because the last few years have been hard. So God, it would just be really great if this year could be a bit free from some of the difficulty that the last few years have had. It would be really, really great. Oh, I hear. Oh, just keep going. Okay. Um, I, I just really would like it if this year could be easier. You know, you have years of kind of like working hard and then years of reaping. She was like, we've built the house. Can we just live in it for a while? Like, just kind of enjoy it. And then as you know, uh, they got very bad news in January uh, in regards to Jasmine. And she said to me, at that point, the year was written off, right? And we do that, right? We go, okay, this is going to be different this time. But then something happens and we go, okay, well, it's over. It's done. I'll hold out for 2020, right? But then 2020 will come and something will happen. And then we'll go, okay, maybe 2021 will be my year. And I said to her, I sent her this text a couple of days after, and I said this. I said, I'm feeling very strongly that, you're, that the best year yet has not been written off. It's being written differently than you anticipated, but isn't it always? I feel that this can still be your best and deepest year with God. It will be the very things that you think have disqualified this year that will take you deeper into his presence we have ever known. I totally forgot I wrote that, and then she was like, that text, and I was like, oh, wow, that must have been the Holy Spirit, because some good stuff there. So it raises the question, though, is thriving possible in any season? Okay, in any season. And I want to say it is, because it has to do with what's not happening around us, but what is happening within us. Okay, so thriving is a result of what God is doing within our hearts, within our lives, within our spirits, not our circumstances around us. So if you have your Bible please turn to John chapter 7, verse 37 to 38, and it's up on the screen behind me, I believe, if you do not have one. If you don't have a Bible, but you have a phone, you could Google John 7, 38 to 30, 37, 38, it will come up, or you can just read along here. So this is what it says. Funny story, just a side note, sorry. I'm a little bit like Jerry, I have an occasional squirrel. Um, so the last time I shared this, I gave the people the wrong reference. I gave them John 9. So when the guy reading the scripture started reading, I was like, uh-oh, that is not what my Bible says. So for sure it's John 7. I double-checked it, triple-checked it. It was one of those like odd passages that when you read, you're like, is this 
no, it wasn't the right one. So John 7, John 7, 37 to 38. On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and he cried out, if anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. Verse 39, he said this about the spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the spirit, for the spirit had not yet been received because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So the first thing that we learn from this passage, mothers, about thriving, okay, is that Jesus said, if any of you is thirsty, okay, now listen to this definition of thirsty. Figuratively, those who are said to thirst painfully feel their want and eagerly long for things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. Okay, now how many of you are like, I love to feel thirsty? How many of you have ever been like in a run and the weather's been hot or you're working in the yard and it's scorching and you're just like, man, that's such a good feeling to be dying of thirst. Anyone? No, me neither. Okay, so some of you are like, well, that's not really good news. If thriving starts with thirsting, that doesn't really sound nice. That doesn't really sound like something I would want to look forward to. Okay, now the average mother that I know does not, is not like, yes, I want to be in want. I want to be longing for things in my life, right? They're just like, I, I want to have it together, right? I want to look like I'm capable. I want my kids to behave and I want to be able to do all the stuff. And Jesus is saying, no, actually, if you're willing to come to me thirsty, okay, that's the first part there. Now, you know, people, you're already standing there, you're like, uh, no, thank you. No, thanks. Painfully feel my want. Mm. No, that sounds fun, said nobody ever, unless, okay, you have experienced the refreshment of an ice-cold glass of water on a hot day. Now, while the thirst is not enjoyable, okay, the refreshment that comes after it very much is. There's just nothing like that when you're so parched and you put that glass to your mouth and you can just feel the water just going through and refreshing your body. And that's what I think Jesus is saying here. He's saying, if you're willing to come thirsty, okay, you're willing to come to me, this is the first part of thriving. There's no thriving without admitting that we are thirsty. Without admitting that we're thirsty. Now, I want you to think of something right now that you really want. Something that you really want. Something this past week where you're like, man, I just, I've got my mind. There's just this thing that I really want. I just want you to picture it, hold it for a second. Okay, and I want to ask you, what will happen if you get it? Like, what do you believe is on the other side of getting what you want? Think about that for a minute. If, then. Okay, now you don't have to tell me what it is, but if the thing that you want in your mind is somehow connected to one of these three things, I want you to raise your hand for just a finger. Security, okay, if I can just get that thing, I'll be, I'll be safe. If I can just get that thing, I'll be, I'll have some significance. Or if I can just get that thing, there'll be some sufficiency in my life. So security, significance, sufficiency, okay? I'll feel loved, I'll feel valuable, or I'll feel like I have enough. Right, it's connected to those, to those things right? Those things that we want. 
it fits into those categories. But what would happen if you were to stay without that? Okay, if God were to kind of leave you in that place just for a little bit without that thing. I think it would give him an opportunity to let you experience what only he can offer from within. From within. Because we don't experience, right, the security of Christ until we come insecure. Right? We don't experience the significance that he can give our lives until we come to him feeling insignificant. Right? We don't experience his sufficiency in increasing measure until we come to the place where we go, man, I am not enough on my own. And I think one of the reasons, okay, that we find ourselves striving, or sorry, surviving and tired is because we're trying to find what God says comes from within us, from the outside, right? We're searching for that. We're like, well, you know, if I can just get to that thing. Now, I read this parenting book not too long ago. It was called Safe House, and it was talking about creating emotional safety for your children. And in it, he said something very interesting, also very convicting. He said, stop trying to give your kids the advantage, right? As parents, as moms, we're like, well, can I put them in? Like, what activities can we do? Like, how can I kind of give them the edge? And he says, stop trying to do that because you're the advantage. Giving your children your presence, giving your children eye contact, giving your children your undivided attention, that's actually what's going to give them the edge that you are trying to find somewhere out there for them. And he said, the question you need to ask yourself is, am I the kind of person I want my children to become? Because it's going to happen. I don't know, parents, if you've ever had those moments where you're looking at your kid and you're like, ah, where did they get that? And the Holy Spirit's like, funny, you should ask. And you're like, ah, I do that. I do that. My daughter, Sophie, when I was, when my dad was a pastor, we'd always make him pay us a dollar if he used us as his example in a sermon, so I might have to pay up later, but, um, she gets very distracted very easily. So I'll be like, Sophie, we have to go to school. Go put on your coat and your shoes. She's like, okay, mom. And then all of a sudden I hear, mom, do you want to, I'm just, I'm just coloring. The, and I'm like, stay focused. And I'm like, oh, where does she get that? From me. I get distracted. Right? So when we're looking at this, we're going, you know what? I already see that they are becoming me. So the question I need to be asking then is, do I want what I have for them? Do I want them, would I be okay with them becoming me? Okay, because that's actually what is, what is happening. The things that we want, right? Because we have to. Sorry, that's a nod button there. We want to thrive. We have to be willing to feel our thirst. So what do we do when Jesus, what he tells us to do when we are thirsty? He says in that verse, he says, come. He says, come to me. Come to me. Not cover it up. Not craft a plan to get out of it, not create something new, not cook something up. He just says, just come. This past week, Sophie uh, was making these beaded lizards, and she took them to school, and apparently all her classmates put in orders, so she had this whole, like, I'm going to make lizards, Mom. I think I can sell them for $1. And so people had put in color requests. So in the meantime, her brother Jonah had taken her special string, and there was five colors, and someone in her class I did not know had ordered the black string. And Jonah came in, and he unraveled the black string, and he cut it up just to use. And she was not very okay with that. So I came in, and I can just see just, like, anger, just, like, mom, and I, and then, and then the, they start with the, I'm never gonna, and I, I always, and I don't like, and all these, these kind of statements. 
And I said to her, I said, is there anything you want to ask mom? Like, hey mom, could you buy some more black string? And she looks at me and she goes, no, because I don't have any more black string. And because the gift card that I used to buy the stuff is all run out. So instead of asking me, instead of coming to me, she went and she got a piece of paper to Cameron. I'm sorry I can't make you a lizard with black string because my brother used it all up. I'm so sorry. Love, Sophie. And I just thought, man, that's what we do though, isn't it? We don't even come, right, and bring our request to God, that thing that we want, the thing that we want for our kids, the thing we want for our families, right? We're just like, well, I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I don't see a way out, so I'm just going to write an apology note to Cameron. Right? And Jesus is saying, no, if you're thirsty, come to me. Come to me in that. John 4.10 and verse 14, it says, if you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him. You would ask him and he would give you living water. Whoever drinks from the water that I give will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up from within, within him for eternal life. So he's saying, don't, you don't have to go looking. You don't have to come up with your own plans. You don't have to craft your own strategies. You can just, when you're thirsty, when there's something in your life that is not going the way you want it to go, when there's something that you want that you do not see a way, you get to come to me is what he is saying. And you might be thinking, okay, well, what do I ask? What do I ask him for? Okay, I'm like, everything you see in scripture that he says is available to you. You know, God, your word says that you came to have life overflowing. I want that. Your word says that you have come, that, my joy may be, that your joy may be in me and my joy may be complete. I want that. Your word says that it is to your glory that I bear much fruit in my life. I want that. Okay, I want you to do those things because those things are within me. Those things are not a result of anything that's happening around me. It's not a result of what's happening around me. He's saying you have to come. You have to be willing to come. Now what happens when we come? There's a lot of promises in the New Testament about what happens if we are willing to to come to Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty to 30, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest. As a mom, there's been some times I've, when the kids, well, it's still today, but even more so when they were little, and they just, they all need you, all at the same time, all day, every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and there's been times where I've looked out on the schedule or looked out on the horizon, I've gone, there is not a break in sight. Like, I don't see a time where it's going to shift or where, you know, someone's going to show up at my door and be like, why don't you go on a vacation for four weeks and then come back when you're refreshed and ready to face your life? That has never happened to me. But I'll tell you, the one day I was sitting in my kitchen going, man, I feel tired. <laughs> and I could cry because I'm so tired. I heard him just whisper, you don't have to wait for the next vacation. You don't have to wait for the next moment where the whole world magically opens up and everything is good. You can just come to me when you say, here's my burden. Here's what I want. Here's what I can't make work. And I just give it to you. And then he says, I'll give you my burden instead. And it's a lot lighter. And he says, there's rest. That's a promise. Another promise, he says, those who come to me will never hunger and never thirst. What he's saying there is the thing that you the thing that you want, the thing that you think is on the other side of it, that security or significance or sufficiency, he's saying, that's actually in me. That's if you will come to me and you'll trade. Those are the promises that we have. 
So if we want to thrive, we have to be willing to come to him thirsty. That's the first thing. The second thing, we have to come thirsty, and then we have to connect to Jesus. This past week, I was doing um, some work on my computer, and the thing that you never want to happen when you're doing work on your computer happened, and I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, it was just, and I was like, uh, what just happened? Nothing. Just like blackness. So I was like, okay, it's okay, charger. So I go plug in the charger, plug it into the computer, and nothing happened. And I was like, okay, I don't even remember the last time I backed anything up, and you're going through. And I was like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. I was like, I need help, Lord. And I was like, oh, I'll call Apple support. I'll call Apple support. So I called Apple support, miraculously, like a 15-second wait. And I get on, and the first thing she said, is it connected to power? And I was like, well, it is, but nothing is happening. And she said, like, is there a light on it? And I said, no. And then she said, is there a power shortage in it? And I was like, what? And she said, like, is your cord frayed anywhere? Is there, like, something that's stopping the power from connecting? And sure enough, I went, and on a MacBook cord, there's the white box, and there's the cord that goes to the wall, and there's a cord that goes to the computer. And from being bent, the smaller cord had, the plastic had broken, and I could see the wires sticking out. And I was like, oh, that's why my computer's been, like, dangerously hot for a while now. That makes so much sense. Something was happening. So what I did, I texted Mike and I said, do you have electrical tape like anywhere in the house? Because I have a fire hazard on my hands. And so what I did is I took the cord and I just started wiggling it, wiggling it until it, it reconnected. And then the green light came on and then the computer came on and I was like, whew. Because I had already been on like the Apple website to see about, you know, getting a new one and that wasn't a cheap option. So when the thing came back to life, I was super grateful. Right? There was life in it. And when he says, you come to me, you can, you can come to me, but then you actually have to plug into me. You have to connect to me. And I read this verse this past week, and it was in Ephesians 3.13, and it, I just had never really seen it come to life the way it did. And it says this, Ephesians 3.13, it says, in him, so in Christ, right, come, in Christ, we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. So I was like, oh, interesting, we're already in him. But he's saying the way you access me, the way you access my power, the way you access my presence, access my promises, is by through your faith. Okay? Our faith is the thing that takes the power source and it takes our lives and connects the two things. Okay? And this is an ongoing thing. This isn't like, yeah, when I was eight years old, I believed in Jesus and he saved me and then I was good. I was good from there. Anyone? Like, never sinned since the day you came to know Jesus? No? Me too. Me too. Okay, what he's saying here, he's saying the one who believes in me. If anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within. Now, I just want to, I want to unpack that word for a minute. Believe, because we're talking about connecting. So if we have to connect, if we want to live a life of thriving, what does it mean to actually believe him. So this word, it's a derivative of the word faith, which means to think to be true, to be persuaded of, to place confidence in. Now listen to this. It says this. It says reliance, not mere credence. So it's not me saying the promises of God are true. You can trust him, but I'm not standing on them. I'm going to be over here, but I, I give them credit, right? I, they're true. It's true. I believe his word, but I'm not actually going to rely on them. So 
Credence is to accept something as true. Reliance is to depend, to depend on him. So when you come thirsty, mom, when you come thirsty, church, he's saying don't just come, come and then actually connect. And the way that you do that is through believing what I have said. The way that my kids can almost always get me to do something that they want is if they say this, yeah, but you said. And if, it, if I said it like two weeks ago and I said it once, but they, it was something they wanted, they'll be like, yeah, but remember, mom, you said we could go to Menchie's after we had supper. And I'm like, oh, I did say that. Or mom, you said, you said, Jonah, you said that we could go and look at the Nike store. You said, you said, you said. Okay, and as a mother who very much wants to keep my word, when my kids start with those words, yeah, but you said. And I want to be a faithful mother. I want to be a true person who keeps my word. Okay, they are holding me to my promises. And from my children doing that, I've learned when I come to God, I can say, you said, you said that there is living water for me right now. You said I could come to you with nothing in my hands but my willingness. You said that there is abundant life. You said that is what it is to connect. So to come to him thirsty, to connect is to actively exercise our faith, not just, yeah, it, it sounds good. Not, yeah, it's, it's just, no, I, I take you at your word. I want to believe you. There's a lie, I think, that lives in our hearts that can very much propel us into this survival mode, and it is this, this lie, it's up to me. It's up to me. It's up to me to get to that thing. It's up to me to get through it. It's up to me to know what to do. It's up to me. It's up to me. It's up to me. Mike also had to slip out to take Jonah to football, so I get to tell a Mike story. Are you ready? This last, it would be okay with him, I know it would. This last Monday, uh, he just had a lot of stuff going on at work, and he was like, and I just said, are you okay? You look really tired, like really tired. And he said this, he said, I know I need to, to trust this like, I know I need to trust God with this. I don't know how. I don't know how <laughs> to, to, to give him my burdens. So I looked at him and I said, I have an idea. And he goes, are you going to make me do something weird? <laughs> and I said, of course I am. No, I said, do you trust me? And he's like, fine, fine. So I gave him a stack of cards, and I said, I want you to just write, and, and this was not, I, I just, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me this idea in the moment. So I said, write down all the things that are burdening you right now, all the things that you feel like are up to you. So he wrote down one thing, and he's like, I'm done. And I'm like, no, you're not. I know you're not. I know there's more. And he started writing, and I mean, he just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And then he's like, are you going to make me burn them now? And I was like, no. I said, because burning them would imply that nobody cares about them, wouldn't it? Right? Just burning them is like, well, these are things I genuinely care about, and if I just burn them, then nobody cares about what I care about. So the day before, he'd gotten a birthday card from a friend, and it had his name on it. It said Mike. So I said, cross it out and write G. So he rolled his eyes again, and then he did it. And then I said, and just write burdens I'm willing to trust Jesus with. And then I said, go up to our room and don't come down until you're finished. But I said, just go through each of those things and just say, God, is this yours or is this mine? And he's like, fine. And he said, you know, after he's like, <laughs> it's always funny. Women, don't we just know? It's a good idea if it's not your idea, right? 
You know, he'll be like, oh, my friend. And you're like, I told you that, but that's okay. It's a good idea now. And yesterday he was like, oh, yeah, I was telling my friend about, like, the card, you know. And I was like, hmm, now it's a good idea. Now it's a good idea. Of course it is. But he said, you know, just having that going through and going, here. So I just said, just put the, if it's, if it's not yours, just put it in the envelope. Don't burn it. I said, just know that, that God is holding that. And I think that's what it means to not just say it's good, but to actually rely on God, to come with him and to connect. Because it's not up to us. It's not up to us. That verse, it says, in him we have boldness and confident access through faith. In him. It's him. It's Jesus. He's the one who gives us. He's the source. He's just saying, you just need to connect to me. And the way we do that is by faith. And I think the enemy of this kind of connection is to compartmentalize our lives, right? We go, yeah, oh yeah, I know, I heard that, that was really good, but when I go to work on Monday, I mean, it's up to me. Yeah, I know that's really good on Sunday, I was like, yes, God, I want to trust you with my kids and that, but when it comes to, to parenting, I don't ask you, I just, I just do what I think I should do in that moment. He's saying, don't, don't compartmentalize, he's saying, connect. Let me take my truth and your life and actually transform them. Transform them. So if we want to thrive, we come to him thirsty Okay, we connect with him. And then the last thing we do is we cooperate. This is where it gets a little tricky. Because who here likes to be told what to do? Anyone? Anyone love being told what to do? Anyone love feeling like you're being controlled by someone else? I don't. I don't. Unless I have complete confidence in the person who is giving me the instructions unless I have complete faith that that person has my very best interests at heart, that that person loves me, that they're going to be faithful, that they're kind. If I trust the character of that person, I have a much easier time taking instructions from them. Yesterday, we were, uh, we were celebrating Jesslyn's birthday at the O'Briens, and we were getting ready to leave, so the kids were all running around. And Eli found, like someone, someone's dog had pooped and, and did not pick it up. So Eli, so it's like there, and he's like going like this, and he's getting like really close to it, and he's, and he's like looking, and I'm like, don't touch that. And you know what he did? <clears throat> and he turned the other direction, and he kind of stormed off. He stormed like down the street, and then he was like, are you going to come after me? And I was like, don't touch the poop. <laughs> he was not coming to me. He was going. He was going out from my presence. He was going away. Now, I was standing there, and I said to Frankie, I was like, I could understand if it was candy, and I was like, don't touch it, don't eat it. But like, it was dog poo. You know, and you're like, no, really, you really don't want to eat that. You really don't want to touch that. You really don't want to step in it. Okay, now just go with me here, because I realize this is maybe a little bit of a stretch. But here's the thing. The things in our lives where God is going, I, I want you to cooperate with me. And we're like, no, I don't want to. Okay, it's not because it's candy that we cannot have. He's like... I'm not saying he says it's food, but I'm saying that God does not prune things in our lives that are going to bear fruit, that are going to bear life. He only comes and starts cutting off the things in our lives and saying, don't go there. Don't eat that. Don't eat that. Don't touch that. It's going to kill you. It's gross. It's sin. It's not going to bring life. It's not what I've planned for you. Right? So when he says, I want you to, I want you to come to me, thriving starts with coming to me. I want you to connect with me, but then I need to cooperate. And I'll tell you a story of um, how I struggle to cooperate. So if you know me, you know that for me, being on time is a little wee bit of a struggle. Just a little wee bit. 
And as I'm going through this, the thing that God revealed to me is like, Stephanie, yes, you don't always think ahead and plan, but actually what it boils down to is giving up control of your time. It's giving up control. So there have been mornings where I'm just like, okay, like in the morning, I'm like, okay, Lord, help me to be on time. Help me to be on time for school because when we're late, I'm like, hurry up. And the kids are like stressed and then we're not really enjoying the trip. We're just trying to get to it and get through it. And so there's been mornings where I'm just, okay, Lord, please help me. So then when I go into the kitchen and I'm like, look at the clock and I'm like, oh, I totally have time to unload the dishwasher right now. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, you don't, don't, don't. And I'm like, yes, but I want to. So I'm going to. And then I do it and then guess what happens? We're late and then we're upset with each other and then it's not going well and it's taken a very painful I won't tell you how many months because it's been a long where it's just for me to go okay I trust that you you care about what I want and if there's a moment where you're like do it or don't okay it's to bring life it's because you actually want to give me this thing that I'm asking for this freedom this thriving in my life it's not because it's something good that you won't let me have It is. And if we would actually take God at his word, like the things in his life when he says, you know what? Seek me first. And when we're trying to seek something else first and second and third, he's going, no, 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 no. First, everything else, I can add everything else to you. Just seek me first. And we're like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust that. Right? He always wants to bring life. He always wants to bring life. So if we want to thrive Okay, if we want to thrive, we have to turn from our tendency to just carry on. When, when we feel that prompting, like that say this or don't say that, and we're like, mm, no, I want to do my own thing. We just carry on. He's saying, no, you need to cooperate with me. Not to make you bad or good, but to bring life in you, if you want life. So a couple questions, okay? When God asks you for something, do you offer it? Because I have learned in my life that God doesn't grab. Because if, if he has to grab it, I'll just grab it back. Right? So when he says, can you trust me with that thing? He's saying, will you, will you offer it to me? When he stirs something, something that feels a bit uncomfortable, he's saying, will you surrender that to me or are you just going to let it settle? Just, oh, that was, just walk away. When he prompts you, go and talk to that person. Go and love that person. Go invite that person. Are we going to participate or are we just going to pass over? And then go, why doesn't God ever use me? And he's like, I want to, but I need you to do what I say when I say it because people... I care about people. When he convicts you, do you confess sin or do you just continue? Do you just, okay, I'll, yeah, like not confessing it, but just, okay, I'm going to try harder and I'm going to do better and I'm going to do more. Do we, will you cooperate? You cooperate with God one step at a time. This past week, Eli was at the park and he came to me with his long face and he's like, Mom, Lincoln, Lincoln, Yinkin said to stop following him. Stop following him. And I said, how do you feel? He's like, I feel sad. And then he got over it and he went back, but he talked about it for a few days after. So I said to him, I said, did you know, Eli, did you know that Jesus wants you to follow him? I said, he will never tell you, stop following me, go away, leave me alone. So we're talking about this in bed last night, so he literally got out of bed and he goes, like this? Like this, like walk like this? And I was like, exactly like that, like this? I said, yes, like that. I said, Jesus actually wants you to walk with him, to follow him, to cooperate with him. He wants to make you more like him. When he goes, he wants you to go with him. When he stays, he wants you to stay with him. When he moves, he wants you to move with him. 
Yes, I did borrow those words from Chris Tomlin right there, if you notice that. Okay? Now, in a few minutes, you're going to walk out of here, moms, people, and you're going to go back probably to the same set of circumstances. Okay? Your kids are going to be the same age that they are as when you came in, plus 60 minutes. Your job stresses are going to be the same. Your relationships are going to be the same. Okay, but will you be the same? Okay, because one of the things I have learned again and again and again and again and very recently is that knowing it does not change my life. Knowing what to do when I'm thirsty does not change my life. Actually doing it does. And because I'm a stubborn learner, the Lord takes practical um, opportunities to teach me these things. So the other day, I put on this pair of slippers, and they're a size too big. So when you're wearing shoes that are too big, there's the tripping hazard on the front. So I put them on. As I put them on, I was like, oh, yes, these slippers are too big for me. Sometimes I trip in them. And I turned around, and I took a step from my front entrance on, and guess what I did? I mean, flat out on my face. And Eli's like, Mommy, do you want Stinky Monkey? Are you okay? And I was like, yep. And I was just laying there. And as I was laying there, I just felt like he was like, knowing doesn't change you. Knowing does not change it. Doing something differently because of it does. Now, if I had put those slippers on and gone, they're a little bit too big, so when I step, I have to step with great care. When I step, I need to step differently. I need more clearance. Okay, that would have changed it. Knowing it changed nothing. Choosing to do something about it did. So if we stay in this mode of surviving, I just got to get to things, or I just have to get through things. What happens to us when we do those things and we, we disconnect from the source of living water, okay, we wither. These plants, moms, when you take them home, they're very beautiful right now. They're flourishing right now. And if you take it home and you do not give it continuous water, what will happen? They'll die. And if you were just like, oh, I don't understand. I know I'm supposed to water Well, did you water it? Because if you don't water it, it will die. If you don't water it, it will wither. And we are the same. Okay? If we are not connected to living water, there will be no thriving in our lives because we will wither. So my challenge to you is for the next seven days, mothers or not, when you feel thirsty, when there, you feel the painful want of something that you long for, will you trade just covering it up for coming to Jesus and just say, God, I'm here. I'm here with this thing that I can't see my way out of. Will you connect to him and say, I don't just know that this is true. I want to actually depend on what you say in this moment. And then will you cooperate, okay, when the Spirit leads you to do something? If he asks, will you act on it? Will you follow those nudges? Will you follow those prompts instead of simply carrying on? Okay? And when you don't cooperate, because if you're like me, there's moments where you will not cooperate. Will you go back to the beginning and just come? And then connect. And then cooperate. And then when you find yourself uncooperative, will you just go back and come back to him again? And just say, here I am again, willing. I'm going to connect to you. And then I'm going to cooperate with you because I want to thrive. And there are more people who are influenced by your thriving than you think. Okay? You're a mom. You're children. Okay? They are becoming you. 
the people in your lives, they're seeing you. They're seeing how you are when you drop the kids off at school. They see how you relate to your kids. They're seeing the circumstances that you're in. Okay? And do we just sound like the whole rest of the world that's complaining about everything and mad about everything? Okay? Are we going to be the people of God who look a little bit different because of who is living within us? People who can say, you know what? I can be joyful. Rejoice always. I can pray all the time. I have this access to God through Jesus Christ, and then I can give thanks because of what he's doing within me, what he's already done on my behalf. And I think if we were all to walk out of those doors and start actually coming to Jesus with our thirst, connecting with him, and cooperating with him, I think that we would be people who put him on display. People who you go to work and you go to school and you go to your circles and they go, don't you have a bunch of really hard stuff going on right now? You would say, yeah. But it's not about what's going on around me. It's about what he's doing within me. And let me tell you about him. When they see supernatural patience with our kids, not because we are so patient, because we're connected to his. When they see joy, when they see peace, when they see you thriving, when they see you enjoying life with God, you can tell them about the one who can make you so moms, if you're here, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different today. Normally, we give you your gift on the way out. But if you're here and you just are like, yes, I want to thrive. I want you to just come up here right now and, and grab any flower that you want. Come on up. And then stay here for a minute because I'm going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And in case anyone's wondering, the ones under Jerry's chair are not for him. They're for Connie and Christine. Oh, yes. And if there's someone who can't make it up here, if someone wants to be the delivery, that would be great. Okay. Yeah. And then, moms, what I want you to do, okay, is I want you to just, hopefully this isn't too weird, I just want you to just, just, Lay a hand on somebody standing near you so we're just all kind of connected here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. Yeah. We got five more over here. Oh, this is wonderful. All right. And if you're in the audience, if you want to just, if you just want to agree with this in prayer, if you just want to extend your hand out to, to bless these moms, that would be so wonderful. God, we praise you for these mothers who are here today. We praise you for how you've put a reflection of yourself in them, the way that they have the ability to grow life and to nurture and to produce. God, that's you. That's you displaying yourself in them and through them. So God, I pray these women are here to say, I want to thrive. I want to thrive. I pray that you would just whisper to them as they go in these next seven days, that you just say, come to me. Just come to me. Come right now that they would live their lives connected to living water. Father, I pray that they would embrace rest in their lives. I pray that you would give them eyes to notice your goodness all around them. I pray that you would teach them, God, to pause and to celebrate things in their life, not always be looking to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing. I pray that you would increase in them, Holy Spirit, that they would decrease, that they would be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ so that they can live lives of thriving, God, that ultimately bring you glory and are for the good of other people. Father, we thank you for this day to celebrate mothers. 
God, I pray that you would meet them exactly where they were at and that you would do a mighty work as they do your word this week. We pray every blessing uh, upon them today, Father. In your name we pray. And moms, sorry, there's way more of you than anticipated. There are 30 journals there. So if you're a regular pathway person, I can bring you another one next week. Just no, like, elbowing people. But I thought it would be nice if you um, want to record some of the things maybe that God is doing in your life, that that would be an encouragement to you. So if that is, if you're a journal person, go ahead and grab one of those also. And the worship team is going to lead us in another song. Thank you. Strength of God Go before And lift me up And as I wait Eyes of God Look upon Be my As I go, hand of God, my defense, by my side, as I rest, breath of God, fall upon, bring me peace, bring me
Extend your hand to us every day, God, offering to take our burdens. God, I pray that you would fill us with trust for you. God, with a willingness to hand over those burdens, the things that keep us from enjoying that life with you. God, I pray that we would take an honest look at the things we hold on to so dearly that are so worthless compared to what you have to offer, God. And this time that we take an offering. I pray that it would be a time that we give in thanks, God, to you and to the things that you do for us. God, I pray that what we give, would give would be blessed and multiplied for your purpose, God, for the furtherance of your kingdom here on this earth. see you guys stand with us one last time. Well, Stephanie has a challenge for us. 
to live a life of thriving. And that's only possible when we connect ourselves to that source, to that living water. That's what this song is all about. We live in a parched land in this world. But God's living water allows us to thrive. Many a dream has died. Like a tree planted by the water, we never will 